1: The following is a presentation of the Belly Sports Media Network.
2: And welcome in everybody to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We appreciate you all for joining us here on this Wednesday evening or if you're checking us out later on in one of your favorite places to catch podcasts. We have a very fun episode today. It is DJ joined as always by my co-host Kelsey and you know what, Kelsey? We're going to focus in on college athletics a lot today. We're going to talk about the FCS national championship game. A lot of people have talked about the Division One national championship coming up, but today we're going to take a look at the lesser known one with FCS that is now set in stone. Hey, maybe, maybe lesser known. It's one of my favorite, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> this is
1: it's, it's. You know, you talk about one of the purest things. It's it, it is there. You don't have the the battle of a Power Five conversation. You don't have the lesser five or you know uh, any of those conversations or an undefeated team not getting invited to a playoff unless they just there's 14 undefeated teams in and in a, as an option but that hasn't happened in the fcs as long as i can remember so um, FCS is one of the more fun championships of,
2: of all the groupings absolutely we're not going to stop there we're also going to speak with mark kester as well who's going to teach us about nil because on paper we think we know a little bit but he tells us we got a lot more to learn so i'm looking forward to that as well we consider ourselves experts in sports but you know what we're not as there's a people a lot smarter than us and mark is one of them so we look forward to hearing a lot about what he has to say there but before we get into that i guess we should probably get right into our opening segment opening segment is known we call it the tip off the tip off of course brought to you by SeatGeek. use code sports for 20 dollars off your first set of tickets that is the first set of tickets you get for any sporting event or anything along those lines as well so we'll go and get right into it. fcs national championship game set in stone after a We're going to call it a very chaotic Final Four as well, because on the one hand you had South Dakota State, who's basically trying to do their North Dakota State impersonation with a casual fifty-nine to nothing beatdown over Albany. Which, my goodness, that was over in the first play. It felt like that that was over instantly. Then on the other end, you have Montana taking on North Dakota State in a thirty-one to twenty-nine overtime thriller. Which the two those two teams, two of the. The last two times Montana's beaten North Dakota State has come down to a two-point conversion as well. Everyone remembers the one in 2015 against Carson Wentz, his last loss as a college quarterback as well. So, Kelsey, we got a South Dakota State trying to become a new dynasty in Montana. They've been saying return to dominance for five years now since they hired Hauk again as the head coach. And you know what? They finally kind of got where they needed to go. So what are we thinking here as we look at this FCS title game?
1: Yeah, you know it's it's exciting. Um, Montana finally getting back. This is the first time they've been back since they won back to back titles um, in the early 2000s. I believe it was 07, 08. Um, uh, was, you know, it was
2: 2002 or 2003. I think it was, and they lost. I think the following year, if I'm not mistaken. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. So, yeah, like mean, so they finally before. were getting back. It has
1: like been more recent than that. <laughs> Anyways, um, but no, yeah, and and so it's been a while. Been a long time. Uh, last time we were at a Grizz, or I was at a Grizz game. Uh, actually, was that Carson Wentz loss? Ironically. Um and actually the same end zone they scored the 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 game winning touchdown this year is the same t- same front same front corner end zone they scored again in the game winning touchdown against Carson <laughs> Wentz, um, ironically enough. But no, it was a it's an exciting matchup for for Montana to get back there. But I don't know if you could have a worse matchup for Montana here. Um this this team from some South Dakota, obviously, we talk about the Dakotas when it comes to FCS football as a powerhouse and I kind of jokingly sent you a text message because they were talking about it in Montana game calling them the Mecca of FCS football they kind of forgot about what happens in the Dakotas almost it feels like um they call it the Badlands and, and honestly the football they play is is yeah you got to be tough to play in that in that division uh, especially in that region so um it's gonna be it's honestly probably going to be a slobber knocker um it's exciting though nonetheless I I am excited for it I don't have a prediction for it but I am just purely excited for for actual high quality football
2: again i'm excited too. and you know if the grizz are gonna win it's gonna be somehow at some point their star receiver their star receiver and returner berger is going to make a game-changing play as well it's having five return touchdowns in his career already as well in the big sky absolutely incredible first team all conference turn that game against north dakota state around with a punt return as well and for some conference with south or some contests to south dakota state we talked about their 59 to nothing win in the final four Well, going back to their first playoff game because they did have a buy as FCS has a buy in the first in the first round for six teams, they played Mercer and won forty-one to nothing. So in two games they won a combined one hundred to nothing, with their close game being twenty-three to twelve. So if you fall behind, when it rains, it pours real quick. Like so, Montana can't fall behind in that game. That's for sure. I think if they fall behind two scores, it's over. Yeah, no, and uh, you know I'm glad you mentioned Bergen because there's his statistics
1: are stupid. (laughs) He. Five return touchdowns in four years of a college career, this being his fourth year of college, is an insanely productive career. When you consider that Devin Hester, the leader of all return touchdowns in the NFL, had 14 return touchdowns in less than 10 years. The next closest has 10 touchdowns in a 13-year career. So, Bergen's putting on more than one touchdown per year, 1.2 or something touchdowns per year. And if he could just Transit, honestly bring him as a return man i don't don't need him to play any other skill position nowadays you've been highly specialized in in the nfl anyways so put him as, as a return man get a get a high quality return man you can go to the pro bowl as a return man so why not
2: and university of montana legend mark mariani did, did that exact same thing so i'm just oh, saying history doesn't repeat itself but it sure does rhyme sometimes with looking at yeah. it so for more context we talked about south dakota states run Montana coming off a 31 to 29, double overtime survival against North Dakota State, a thriller. But that's not the only overtime game. Because right before that, they had an overtime game against Furman that they won 35 to 28 in overtime. So coming off a couple of back-to-back overtime games as well. That's something we'll want to keep an eye on with them coming forward. But you mentioned we don't really have a prediction for it right now. Well, maybe a little bit closer to the game. We'll maybe maybe make one. But I'm looking forward. It's going to be fun in Frisco. I wish we were able to go there, but it's going to be, it's going to be an absolute blast. You know, that's the birthday weekend. Maybe I'll just take a trip down there for a birthday weekend.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun. Go to Frisco on Saturday and then fly back, go to DC on Sunday for the uh the Cowboys um commanders game.
2: Just subjecting yourself to a whole lot of pain there, it feels like. Yeah, 100
1: percent Oh yeah. I, I guaranteed if I go to if I go to either one of those games, my team's losing. so Montana would lose or Dallas would lose. So I don't know if I really want to go to either one of those
2: both of them will lose at the same time as well. Too. But definitely something we are looking forward to. And of course bowl season is underway as a couple of really good bowl games, some really good ones coming up as well too. If you haven't checked it out, go check our last episode where we went bowling for the fourth year and our fifth year in a row. Actually we went ahead and predicted all the bowl games right now. Kelsey has a slight lead overall with me over the course of four years, but I got in the first year so I can stick with that. I can hang my head on that one, but he's got three years after that for me, but that's pretty much all we have for the tip off. We got a quick tip off and, before we go forward kelsey uh, you you have something that you have something to tell us about why you've been a little bit more awake sprite like a spry young chicken these last few episodes
1: yeah absolutely you know we talked about it a few times now already on the episode uh let's shout out magic mind here um they are a company who reached out to us pretty recently i've been struggling a long time with with grogginess afternoon fatigue daily fatigue at work drought, you know just in general dozing off at times that just is not appropriate um and one of the things that magic mind helps it's a just an additive you do usually take in the morning. It's just this little shot. It's a green juice, nootropic. Um, I just got ashwagandha, you know, lion's mane, um, mushrooms in there. A lot of fantastic ingredients, healthy for you. Um, and it's something my doctor was not against me taking, uh, which is a, a huge thing as well, uh, making sure it has all the proper ingredients in there. So no, definitely definitely helped a lot. I just take it along with my morning routine and take those little V8 energy drinks. And this as well, it's helped me get through the day. Um, I mean, it's been fantastic. I First day I took it, no yawns. Um, it, throughout the day at all. So uh, now it's been going on almost a month and a half of it, and I have absolutely loved every single moment of it. Uh, if you guys get, guys get the opportunity, uh, head on over to magicmind.com Hilo for your opportunity to learn more about it and get up to 50% off of your order um, or any sort of subscription order. If you already have one already set up, it is a twenty-five percent or 20% off coupon. Also, if you live near a Sprouts grocery store, starting in January... Magic Mind will be in stores. Um, so, absolutely fantastic news that they have spread that far to get into the now storefront. Which, is, as we know, former retail guys, storefront is all about. That's where you make all your sales. I mean, it could just be something in passing. So, um, shout out Magic Mind for reaching out and helping us out with this, uh, helping me get through the days. Um, I, you know, absolutely love it. Honestly, we don't promote very many things unless we use it ourselves. So, it is absolutely a very helpful thing. And yeah, we'll see how it goes continuously. So, I'm sure you guys will hear more about it going forward.
2: Absolutely. It will be an absolute blast. So once again, use code Sports for 56% off your first order as well too at Magic Mind. Hilo 20, excuse me. So without any further ado, we kind of tease it now. It's t- classes in session, everybody. We are now joined by Mark Hester, who is going to talk to us a little bit about NIL and what, what goes into. It. So Mark, thank you so much for joining us.
0: DJ, thank you very much. Nice to meet you and Kelsey. Thank you for the
2: opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. We are glad to have you here. And we're going to go and just get get off with the easiest question right up front. What is Nil? For those of us who think we know, but most of us don't know, tell us a little bit of what is Nil?
0: Well, it's a great question and it's uh, it's a little bit complicated because this messaging has been distorted for the last couple of years. I think your segue into this was excellent. We're talking about Montana, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and uh, that's who Nil is really for. Today's national signing day for the Power 5 conferences, excuse me, power 4 conferences now. And um, those athletes, you know, let's not kid ourselves, they're getting NIL opportunities and the news is sensationalizing them and sensationalizing those stories and talking about it. And they're getting paid to play, right? That's what it's all about. It's to win games. This is not about your social media footprint. This is not about your followers or your engagement. This is about, you know, paying athletes to come to your school or retaining athletes now because of the transfer portal. And that is probably less than 2% of college athletes. As your audience may know, there's almost 500,000 athletes playing sports in college this academic year. Very few, less than 2% are in those power conferences in revenue generating sports. So real, R-E-A-L, N-I-L is what we're here to talk about. And that's for the 98% of the college athletes who don't have those opportunities. Okay.
1: So now you, you talk about this and, and just for a little background on yourself, kind of how did you get into learning about the NIL and 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 really teaching, getting to this point now where you're educating us, not just us in this case, but also our audience as well as what the NIL
0: is? Yeah, it's a great question, Kelsey. I, I think it's been my life's journey. I don't think I knew it until two years ago, but I think I was positioned perfectly to uh, add value in this industry. So, you know, it started way back you know, the son of a high school gym teacher and coach and a high school athlete. I was not a power five kid. There was no power five in those days, but I was not a D1 athlete. I was a division two football player, played at a small school in the Midwest, Hillsdale College in Michigan. So I was high school athlete, college athlete, became a parent of athletes, five children, four division one athletes, lived my life as a parent and then as a community servant, built a youth program that grew to 4,000 kids, started a high school program that has now put 200 kids in in college. So as a side gig, if you will, I was a parent and a community servant involved with athletes. 2008, I got an opportunity to marry my passion with my business experience, and I moved to Los Angeles, became the CEO of a sports and entertainment company. It's really where I learned about marketing, sports branding, group licensing, sponsorship sales, agents, Studios production, and um, in twenty twenty one we sold that business. NIL was authorized in July of twenty one, and it seemed natural that I would get involved in this industry.
2: Absolutely, that's awesome. That's a that's an awesome story as well. I want to jump off that too. Is you are the author of NIL for All? It's a thirty minute guide to NIL. It's available on Amazon Books as well. Tell us a little bit about how that came about and kind of what to what's in there without giving it away all the way because we know people got to go get the book, but like just a little little preview tease of it.
0: Well, I have to go back a little bit and tell you that I made some mistakes when I started this company. Right. I I launched this company as an online educational tool to empower athletes with the life skills that I had gained in my career and throughout my life that I thought young people needed to understand in order to take advantage of NIL. Unfortunately, I got a little sidetracked because of what we had mentioned, the news stories sensationalizing the Power 5 athletes getting paid for play. And most people said, that NIL thing is not for me. I'm not a division one athlete. I don't have those kind of athletes at my school. It's not, we don't have the money. There was all of these excuses why NIL was not for everyone. And so I developed a mindset of making NIL for all a reality. And I became a preacher, if you will, of how do you make NIL available? And how do you make it, two words that we use, relatable and attainable. So how can you make it relatable to the FCS athlete to the non-revenue sport athlete, the D2 to D3 NAIA student athlete. So relatable and then attainable. What is attainable? Are you going to make the money that um, the quarterback at Alabama or Ohio State, Texas makes? No, but there is some opportunity and it's not just about money, it's about creating a brand, telling a story, and creating lifetime opportunities and therefore we wrote the book called NIL for All to make NIL relatable and attainable to everyone.
1: That is a great way to go about it. Um, as somebody who has, you know, had a little dabbling with uh, working for somebody who was actually employing somebody on an NIL deal. Um, and, you know, they went through Cincinnati and Cincinnati had a unique system set up for it. Uh, but she was, they, she was a golfer, you know, part of the university golf system. And then you talk about non-revenue driven sports. That's a perfect example of one. So, you, you, you know, you, you're empowering athletes and, and trying to make it attainable for them. How have you gone about that? Obviously, looking away from the revenue-driven sports. So, looking away from like D1 Power Four conference players. How did you really drive that message to make it something that they can can gather? Obviously, telling a story and all that. But like, really, how did you sell them on that? Because it's not easy selling college athletes on like the idea that maybe you won't make a bunch of money, but you can make some money and you can get your name out there.
0: Yeah, Kelsey, it's it's an ongoing journey, right? It's everyday battle. It's why I you know have done almost 800 zoom calls it's why i'm 60 plus podcast into my career as a host probably 40 times as a guest is i'm trying to trying to preach the gospel and the gospel is that nil is a platform that everyone can take advantage of for lifetime goals right to create a brand and to tell your story has never been easier in the history of the world think about the powerful tool that linkedin is today from a professional standpoint, not to mention the social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, et cetera. Colleague of mine wrote today an interesting stat. He said that 85% of the NIL deals are based on social media uh, posts, okay? So it's called influencer marketing. The Kardashians have changed the world forever, whether we like it or not. They have no talent and they have no product. They don't sell anything except their storytelling. God bless them, right? And you, Kelsey, you had just mentioned, probably know, DJ, that there are brands now that are using athletes to tell stories on a regular basis because athletes are great influencers. The word fan is short for fanatic. That means that an athlete's following is more engaged than a traditional influencer. And a micro-influencer, someone with less than 10,000 followers, those fans are super engaged and they're super focused and hyper-focused in a territory, in a region, in a city, in a town, and they become very valuable. And we can talk about how some of this works out, but the main takeaway is that telling your story, creating a brand, letting people know who you are, engaging with an audience is valuable for leveraging them as an influencer, leveraging for career opportunities, internships, job opportunities, networking with alums, networking with potential employers, and NIL for all also means that everyone can take advantage of it for professional gain.
2: Absolutely. that That is awesome as well. I want want to kind of jump into this part as well. So obviously NIL laws kind of vary by state, school, that sort of thing as well. Too. There's different regulations depending on where you go, that sort of thing, and who can't participate in it. How do you kind of maneuver around those sort of things? Are there some, some places that are more difficult to maneuver through that, or are there some that are just cakewalk easy peasy?
0: Yeah, so I think there's two answers. So the first answer is take the college scenario. Unfortunately, the NCAA did us no favors by letting the floodgates open. And there's no rules. There's no guardrails. There's there's no boundaries. And you see what happens, right? We have transfer portal chaos. We have pay-for-play chaos. We have retention issues, all kinds of craziness. We have schools spending a lot of money like Texas A&M and not winning. We have schools spending a lot of money like Colorado to rebuild the roster and not winning. And we have schools without a lot of money that are winning right so it's, it's it's kind of a crazy space so in the college space basically dj there's very few restrictions typically they're around use of the logos or the marks of the school in other words you can't use your uniform in a post you can't shoot on uh, university property without paying for a rental for that those are kind of the basic guidelines in high school it's a little bit more complicated unfortunately there are about 34 states now that have authorized NIL for high school athletes. And there's about 30 different sets of rules. There's no standard rule. So it varies from the amount of money that you can make. States like Missouri are trying to open the floodgates for Missouri high school athletes that commit to a Missouri state school. There's less restrictions than if you commit to a school outside of the state of Missouri. So it's a little bit chaotic in the high school space with a lot of variety, but in college, pretty much standard and pretty much very few restrictions.
1: you 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 talked about high school and honestly i i'll
0: be honest when it comes to nil i
1: honestly forget that high school athletes now have the right to seek these type of deals um and and they don't be they're not penalized by the ncaa clearinghouse now um at least not all the time um how do you okay how do you how do you approach a high schooler who's seeking this like what how and how often i guess how often and how do you sell this to a high school do you have to go through the parents or how does that process go
0: Well, let's start at the end, Kelsey. What's the goal? The goal is to get through college, hopefully successfully academically and athletically, and to get a job in a career of your choice. All right. So if that's the goal and let's call it age 22, 23, when you're done with college, then let's go backwards. How does that work? Right. It works by creating an NIL brand that you can leverage your celebrity, right? Every high school kid that goes and plays in sports in college has some level of celebrity. He or she was all conference, all league, all state, perhaps all American, even the D3, D3 athletes are celebrated in their region, right? They perhaps were awarded academic awards at the school banquet at the end of the year. So they have a celebrity that they can leverage. But you can't parachute shoot in on day one of your college career and launch an NIL brand. It takes time. And so we advocate starting as juniors in high school with telling your story. It may not be for money. Who are you? Are you interested in food? Are you interested in art, music, travel, fashion, shoes, bicycles, automobiles? What is it that makes you different? And what is it that connects you with an audience? Let's start that storytelling, which is my background in Hollywood, right? From Mm -hmm. a financial standpoint, NIL in high school has been going on forever. Think about the AAU basketball circuit. Those kids have been, you know, highly encouraged to join certain teams, highly encouraged to wear certain shoes for years, right? Really NIL in the professional ranks has been going on since Babe Ruth was smoking cigarettes and selling cigarettes, right? And, <laughs> and beer. Um, but in, in college, the brown bag in exchange of money in the parking lot is now transparent in the locker room. In high school, it used to be on the AAU circuit. Now it's available to everyone. So I believe you should start as a junior in, college, in high school. It's when you start your college process, recruiting process, decision-making process for your future. It's when you should start to think about the things that you want to do in the for the rest of your life after your career is over. And so high school is actually a great time. And there's about eight million kids playing sports in high school. I would predict within three years there'll be more money spent on high school NIL than there is in college. Wow.
2: Wow. That's when I look back, granted, it's been four, four score and seven million years ago since I was in high school. I look back on it as well, too, and look, like, you know what? Maybe it, I'm looking back at some of those kids that probably could have got some of those NIL deals if it was available then, too, because everyone around town knew them because of how they – so that's very interesting. I never thought about that either, so that's really cool to think about. My next – looking at it here, it looks like in October, the NCAA had some proposals and that sort of thing as far as NIL. One of them was disclosure and transparency, and we touched on, touched on it just a little bit ago how – basically anything over $600 needs to be is required to be reported with specific type of information. How do you go as far as educating people on that about what needs to be reported to make sure you're following the rules, for lack of better terms?
0: Well, remember we said the NCAA did us no favors. They released the genie, right? And mm-hmm. so one of the things that they've tried to come back and counteract with is some compliance issues. Unfortunately, there's not a good system to report those deals. Mm-hmm. And even if you report them, there's no place to send them. There's no one that's reviewing them. The college is not set up to review those. They're not looking at contracts. So I don't know the percentage, but my perception is that a very low percentage of kids are reporting their deals to schools. And an even lower percentage of those deals are being reviewed by anyone with authority. So we need to set up a little bit more boundaries and guidelines around that. There are some questions about um, the transparency aspect and the right of privacy. You know, Does everyone have to tell everyone how much money they make? Right. Did everyone have to disclose the deal? Like, you know, again, if we're going to submit all that information to the colleges and they're going to have say in it or at least have an opinion about it. That's what NIL really was about, was we're tired of the schools telling us how to live our lives and we don't want to go back to the school being in control of our destiny. So it's not my area of expertise, but my assumption is that transparency will be a very difficult thing to get past. And disclosure will be a very difficult thing to approve.
1: Yeah, no, that's uh. So speaking <laughs> of you know, transparency, I know mean, obviously um, you just mentioned the brown bags and the parking lot concept for college athletes. Um, when I was, you know, walk on at Auburn, it was something that you get given a for all the all the all the fifty three or fifty five men that are traveling, sometimes sixty five that are dressing. If they do that, they have a debit card given to them by the schools right that's how they get their 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 trip stipends things like that somehow conveniently some extra money might pop up in there somehow or another um and you mentioned not no not being able to really regulate some of these things how often do you see somebody obviously outside of the the big names but how often do you see somebody out here that finds themselves in a situation where they might need to report that does it often happen for the non two percenters if you will um in the college rankings
0: I think it's happening more and more, Kelsey, because I think NIL is growing in stature in terms of people understanding it. People wanting to take advantage of it. There's lots of stories about D2, D3 kids, non-revenue kids. There's a non-revenue lacrosse player that reported, self-reported that he made over $200,000 this year in college, okay? Now, he's an anomaly, right? He was a YouTube sensation. He was a content machine. He's at the high end. He's probably doing more than... 99% of the kids in college altogether. But remember, the high end kids in Power Five schools, they're not getting paid for social media. They're getting paid to run fast and jump high. All right. So there's always a kid on the team that's funny. There's always a kid on the team that's intellectual. There's always a kid on the team that's social, that's good in a room, that's good at networking, that's always schmoozing. His performance on the field helps. remember 85 percent of nil deals are based on social media what's social media based on engagement and so are you funny are you smart do you have a story are you interesting are the people that are interested in your life that is almost irrespective of your performance on the field
2: yeah absolutely as well too, no one wants no one wants to read no one wants to follow a boring story too so and everybody has a story i think it was the old I can't remember which show it was, but I used to be like the cliche is everyone has a story. So being able to tell us the biggest thing. Speaking of that, I, you did mention earlier, I'm going to circle back, You were that you had the Sports studio. It was Sports Studio was the name of it, the Sports Entertainment Company. Tell us a little bit about that, like how that got started, what kind of led into that and how that's kind of helped you transition into this new role.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. So in 2008, there was a small wardrobe company in Hollywood, California that had supplied athletic wardrobe to all the greatest movies in the history of sports television, movie making. Any Given Sunday, Replacement, Miracle, We Are Marshall, Longest Yard, Eight Men Out, Field of Dreams, you name it. From 1979, the original movie was North Dallas 40. They had supplied the wardrobe for it. The owner and his family sold the business to a group that I was involved with in 2008. We took that business that was a small niche wardrobe company, We supplied wardrobe for scripted sports so not live sports so movies television shows commercials photo shoots and we did that for um, lots of productions including the national football league because no one had inventory no one had the ability to customize jerseys with names and numbers in the crazy hollywood time frame of need it in 24 hours and so this company uh, sports robe was Position nicely to do that. We purchased that company and we started to grow it in 2008. In 2010, I became the CEO. And the first day, this is a great story. The first day I sit down in the corner office, I just told somebody this this morning. I called my father to tell him I finally made it. Dad, I'm in the corner office. I'm in charge of the business. And he said, Congratulations, Mark. And while I was still on the phone, the door opened up, and someone came in with a FedEx envelope. It was a cease and desist letter from in-house counsel of the National Football League, telling me that 60% of our business was no longer allowed. And so it began a journey that became infamous and became a crazy uh, success story in the sports and entertainment world. We took that cease and desist letter. We went to New York. We sat down with the National Football League with about 16 lawyers and attorneys at the table. And We talked about what we do, we talked about why we were important, and we told them that they needed us. And we became the first ever licensed partner for entertainment projects in the National Football League. And that took us on a 10-year journey that just brought us to the NBA, MLB, U.S. Soccer, Major League Soccer. And so we became a full suite of production services. So wardrobe, props, casting, choreography, product placement. We did everything, the Gatorade containers, the headsets, The cheerleaders, the band, the fans, everything in scripted sports came from us. And if you were an NFL partner, you needed to come to us uh, contractually to get all of those services.
1: So, okay, I I have to ask then the Hulu questions, the Hulu commercials that you see, uh, the Voodoo or Fudu, Fudu, Fubu, Fubu, um, and then some of the other brands that put on like the short little skit commercials that have athletes playing on it—that—that's basically, essentially, what you're talking about doing.
0: Yeah, you know, you, you can name all the State Farm commercials, all the Under Armour, Nike commercials. We, we, one time we laughed. We made more Nike uniforms than Nike did because Nike couldn't respond to the Hollywood timetable, and so we would, you know, customize jerseys and put the swoosh on, uh, authorized, all you know, authorized. We were a partner um to do that and uh yeah it was it was crazy time funny story about the hulu commercials very specific green color it took us about seven or eight tries of dyeing the fabric and dialing in the printing process to create that green it took us a long time to do that it was a very complicated job actually that's amazing
1: i've always wondered who made those uh the hulu jerseys. i'm glad to know now we had them on our show because that's that is fantastic to hear um do you okay i and then also just to kind of piggyback on Do you have any fun jerseys from any of the movies i think like you mentioned your replacements do you have the the shane falco jersey or any of the players jerseys like that a
0: lot of the a lot of that had been somehow disappeared over time you know as on various auctions but we had the sets you know that the falco um replacements jerseys the red jerseys with the white and blue trim actually became our most valuable set it probably appeared in somewhere between 60 and 70 commercials over the years the same exact set of jerseys but the most famous story is uh we did not do the movie but the george clooney movie with the old the old football movie mm-hmm. uh, we uh we actually purchased that wardrobe for about sixty five hundred dollars. okay and leatherheads was the name of the movie yeah. and we used that leatherheads wardrobe we probably sold about a half a million dollars worth of rentals on a 6 500 purchase we had all of those sweaters all of those pants they were heavy cotton twill kind of like a car hard jacket right that's how heavy they were so crazy story about that set of uniforms
1: that is impressive I, honestly that's one of those fun stories you don't really get to hear about very often um okay i don't want to get away from that because that honestly is so fun but i do want to get a little bit back into the nil and, and and the conversation there you know you've talked about how the high school players how you've approached them and you talked about and, and the one thing I, the one thread you always you bring up constantly is tell, how to tell your story how to connect with your audience Kind of walk us through the process when you get one of these athletes on board and you you have them kind of reach out to you for help. How do you take them, take them from step one to get seeking out their own NIL deals and, and actually capitalizing on them for those lifetime experiences you mentioned?
0: Yeah. So remember our two words, relatable and attainable, Kelsey. All right. So let's talk about, you know, Kelsey, the high school football player in small town USA, right? Mm-hmm. Kelsey, I would suggest that you go to the local pizza shop and you you introduce yourself or maybe the diner. And let's call it Dave's Diner. One day you go into Dave's Diner with your buddies. Every Saturday you go in, you have a cheese omelet and a bagel. It's your regular thing. And you notice that there's a sign on the wall that says Kelsey eats here and loves cheese omelets with bagels. You go, that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's pretty interesting that someone knows who I am and someone recognizes me. The next week you come in with your buddies, there's the sign that says Kelsey eats here, cheese, omelets, and bagel. And there's a picture of you in your high school football uniform. And you go, wow, how did Dave know who I was? And I didn't say Dave could do that. And Dave's selling omelets and using me as an endorser, but he's not paying me. So we would coach you to go to Dave, sit down and say, hey, Dave, I'm Kelsey. That's my name and image up there. And I don't mind you have it there, but I need to be compensated for it because I own that, right? That is my right and uh, to to a promotion and dave says well what do you have in mind and i would say you know kelsey here's what you should tell dave look dave i'm going to come in every saturday morning and i'm going to live stream on instagram or twitch or whatever and i'm going to tell everybody this is the best cheese omelet in town will you pay me 50 dollars a month to do that every week that sounds like a good deal so you do that and all of a sudden the cheese omelet sales go through the roof at Dave's Diner. You see that, and you go back to Dave and say all right, Here's the next level, Dave. Is I want to have a special. I want to have a special on cheese omelets with a bagel. And every cheese omelet with a bagel that you sell with my promotion code, I want you to pay me a buck. Now you take your fifty dollars a month and you add another hundred to it because you're going to sell a hundred cheese omelets in the month. Now you're making one hundred and fifty bucks a month. And all you're doing is engaging your audience, your following, which is a micro influencer. In your hometown with a local business, that's a relatable and attainable nil deal.
1: That's a great way to go about it. And now, sort of build on that. Then, so now you've talked high school. Let's say this same high school. Let's say I'm you, you know using continuing this example. Kelsey then goes to a D two. Let's say D two, um, or you know Mount Union potentially. So Ohio. Um, how, how do do they do the same thing? Is the same process uh, you know attainable there, or do they maybe? reach out to different organizations, maybe more statewide organizations, or do they keep keep it regional still?
0: Well, it probably depends on your following, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a great question, but you're now even more celebrated, right? Because you're a college athlete, all right? Mm -hmm. And so you take the Dave's Diner scenario and let's apply it to DJ's insurance company, DJ's car wash, DJ's landscaping company, DJ's, you name it, all right? But now you're at Mountain Union and you've, Got a bunch of deals in your high school town. Maybe you've made one or two deals. Maybe you like sushi. I've got a division real real story. I've got a division three women's soccer player that makes $250 a month by tweeting four times a month about a sushi restaurant in California. Okay. $250 a month to a division three athlete is a lot of money, right? Yeah. I
2: think but California. now you're
0: at Mount Union. Now you're at Mount Union. And I just wrote about this earlier this week on LinkedIn. Now you're at Mountain Union, you're even more celebrated in your hometown. You went to college, you're mm-hmm. in that five percent group, or whatever that number is. The kids that go to college. Now you go back to Dave's Diner and say, Dave, I'm going to be home Thanksgiving. I'm going to put on a passing camp, or a basketball clinic, or a hitting clamp camp in baseball. Will you sponsor the camp? And Dave goes, Well, what's in it for me? Well, I'm going to promote it as Kelsey's Bet football camp, sponsored by Dave's Diner. We're going to print T-shirts going to have a special QR code for a special price at your restaurant. I'm going to give you all this publicity, but I need $500 for the camp. I have to get insurance. I have to rent the field and I want to make some money. Dave says, you know what, Kelsey, you've been awesome. We've sold a lot of cheese omelets with bagels. Let's try the camp. And you now are a celebrated athlete in your high school at another level. Now you have a camp or a clinic. And you're going to donate some of those proceeds to charity. Is there a cause that's near and dear to you, you know, whether it be health related or, you know, poor, homeless, whatever, kids in foster homes. Now think about that storytelling, Kelsey, right? You've now grown your audience beyond just your high school football program, your college football program. You become relatable to an audience. You become a good guy. You become someone that's doing good in the community. That's gonna increase your following. It's gonna increase your worth. Next summer, Dave's Diner deal is a hundred bucks a month. It just doubled because you're going to sell four times as many omelets. So those are the relatable and attainable stories that we tell, and that's what we coach.
1: Okay. So, All right, so we've talked now. You, you've you told your story. You have now then reached an attainable goal, and you've reached the benefits there. You've talked lifetime experiences. So how do you, okay, so let's take the next step now. What is the lifetime experience that this same individual could gain from this? Obviously, I, I mean, I can see it from the sales point. I can see it with the business side of things, but but I mean, how do you explain it to them that this is what they get and, and how do they utilize?
0: So we teach five things in our curriculum, right? Digital marketing, which we just talked about. Influencer relations, which we just talked about. We talk about how to read a contract. What are inte- intellect, What is intellectual property? What are lifetime rights? Uh, what are net payment terms, okay? The fourth pillar is community service and philanthropy, how to build your brand and tell a story and how to give back. And then the fifth pillar is financial literacy. those are life skills. But the answer to your question is, now start thinking about your career, Kelsey. You know, build your profile on LinkedIn. What are you interested in doing? You wanna go into law? You wanna be a lawyer? You wanna be sports marketing? You wanna be an agent? You wanna sell insurance? You wanna go into finance? Start to read, start to tell a story about who you're following, why you think this is an interesting story, current events. Remember, Your digital footprint is now your resume. So now when you go to apply for an internship summer before your junior year in college and you have that interview, you're an entrepreneur. You started a business. You've built a business You're marketing. You managed marketing and sales. You've managed finances. You managed taxes. You're a young business person at the ripe old age of 20. You're going to be different than the average person that's been mowing lawns, lawns, and painting houses for the last couple summers. That's fantastic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. I, you did kind of talk. There's the. I'm looking at your, <laughs> at your, brochure thing right now too, and it says the power of social media and the pitfalls as well. Can you tell us a little bit about the pitfalls? Because with great power comes great responsibility. To use a nerd, uh, Spider-Man cliche here. So tell us a little bit about the pitfalls that could come along with this type of nil too.
0: Well, we always say there's never been a better time to build a brand. You can do it overnight through digital marketing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Ask Tommy DeVito, the quarterback for the Giants, <laughs> right? <clears throat> but it's a great it's a great analogy because what did Tommy DeVito do this week? He almost blew it, mm-hmm. right? His agent or someone went to the local pizza shop and said, "You know that deal we had? It's double, right?" And so the pitfalls are: is as fast as you go up, you can come down. You know, a misstep, uh, saying the wrong thing, being associated with the wrong company, doing something that people don't appreciate can really change the tide very quickly. Tommy DeVito, I think, covered this week. I read today that he fixed it and solved the problem. But as fast as he grew, he gained a lot of naysayers in the 12 hours that it took to tell that story.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. So before we, I, I, we get to wrap this one up and I give you my final question. Um, I do want to make sure we're not missing anything about NIL because there's a lot to cover about it. Obviously, a lot of things are changing. It's very fluid. Is there anything that we haven't kind of discussed yet that you really think people need to know about NIL?
0: Well, we've we've covered a lot of ground. You've asked a lot of great questions. I think NIL is going to be the footprint for the future. My prediction is that in 20 years, most of your leaders in industry, in social causes, in politics, in life, will be student athletes that started to build a brand using this NIL platform because they're going to have the head start. They're going to have the jump. They're going to have the experience. They're going to be able to leverage their celebrity for future opportunities. And I do believe that NIL for all will only grow. And I think that um, you're going to see tomorrow's leaders will have come through this process. That's my prediction.
1: Fantastic. Okay. So now my, my final question for you. Uh, This is the, this is the big one, right? This is the, you're approaching a kid. What is Take any athlete, whether it be high school, college, whatever level, what is one piece of advice you would give them for navigating the NIL world?
0: Be authentic. It's really simple, right? Uh, Again, social media is a great way to build a brand, but there's a lot of eyeballs looking at you. If you are not honest, truthful, if you're not authentic is a good one word answer. Um, which means you know associate with brands if you like lays potato chips don't do a deal with doritos if you like pepsi don't do a deal with coke right if you don't drink soda don't do a deal with soda right um you know be authentic to who you are people will will find out people will prey on you and take shots at you if you're not so be careful be cautious take the long view don't ever take the deal that seems good today take the deal that in the long term is going to pay the most dividends. And that's one of the problems that we have is we have lots of advisors that are after the quick buck right now in NIL. And, you know, kids aren't paying their taxes, right? They're getting $1099. they are making 50, 60, $70,000. They're on a full scholarship at Auburn, right? And they're going to graduate in debt because they didn't pay their taxes. Right? So I think being authentic is the most important one. And then think long term and make sure that you make
2: good decisions about those that you seek advice from. Absolutely. 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 That is 100% perfect as well. The One thing we've obviously, I know those mostly men like high school, college athletes coming up as well too, but I want to kind of take this in reverse. Let's say there's like a, someone who maybe hit the professional level, but was like a practice squad, made a tackle on a kickoff once type of guy, was out of the league in three years as well. Is it possible for them to circle back and take some of these skills from an NIL to maybe, Build forward, use some of these skills even after college, high school, that sort of thing. Obviously, it's not NIL since they're a professional, but they can use a lot of these same skills and what you can discuss here.
0: Look, the television is full of retired athletes, right? Look at uh, Peyton Manning, maybe, and uh, Shaquille O'Neal, probably the two biggest, right? Their careers are over, yet they're still leveraging their social media platforms and their celebrity. But absolutely, DJ, you know, if you went to high school and, and achieved some success, If you played in college and achieved some success, and if you played professionally and achieved just being a professional athlete, of course you have a footprint. Of course you have a celebrity status that you can leverage. And I'd also want to throw in here, it's interesting, it's not just athletes. It could be musicians. It could be artists. It could be dancers, right? It could be someone that has a say. So NIL for all, although it's been associated with athletes, it really applies to anyone that wants to tell a story and be an influencer. It's really influencer marketing is what we're talking about. But absolutely retired athletes, um, because perhaps they've fallen off the cliff financially, you need to figure out ways to be creative and to make money. But think about if a professional athlete came back to your high school when you were in high school, he or she, right, and talked to you and spoke to you, you would stand there with your eyes wide open looking at them and, and really look up to them.
1: Absolutely. I, I remember, honestly, I lived growing up in Utah, uh, we had the Junior Jazz um, uh, was a little league down there, um, and we'd always have basketball events, and the Jazz would come down. Certain players from the Jazz. I'll never forget meeting Jacques Vaughn and Greg Ostertag from that team. Um, and and it was absolutely a fantastic moment. Uh, we we're supposed to meet John Stockton, but he couldn't be bothered to travel the hour away to from Salt Lake to where we were living at. So, but that's okay. I, I actually appreciated Jacques Vaughn. I later ran into him later in life in Baskin Robbins of all places. Um, yeah. speaking of being authentic, there. Uh. Now, okay. so for everybody seeking any sort of assistance with the NIL in any way to navigate, how do they find you, Mark? How how can they reach out to you? How can you provide some assistance to these guys?
0: Well, our company is The Players NIL, and the website is theplayersnil.com. We're on every social media platform at The Players NIL. Of course, you can find me, Mark Kester, on LinkedIn. I post pretty regularly stories, updates, interesting articles. Reach out to me, DM me. I'm happy to help. Uh, the book is on Amazon. Nil for all. It's a 30-minute read. It's a paperback, and I think it's a great introduction if someone wants to learn more and think about whether this is good for them, for the student athlete in their house or their team.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As well too, and I do just want to quick get get one moment too. If there's anything else that you wanted to touch on, or anything else we wanted to circle back to, or anything we might have skipped over, I want to give you one more chance. If there's anything we might have missed out, misstepped on.
0: No, DJ, I can't thank you enough. Uh, You and Kelsey have been great. You've asked great questions. You were prepared, and I appreciate your professionalism. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. We thank you so much. Once again, Mark Hester, we appreciate you joining us as well. Go ahead and follow the link that Kelsey just posted there as well too. Anyone looking for NIL, Mark is your guy as well. We greatly appreciate it. And everyone who tuned in, we once again appreciate you for watching us live here Wednesday night, or if you're checking us out later on, on one of your favorite places to catch podcasts or videos is always greatly appreciated. Stay here, talk sports today. And we all learned a lot today. It was an absolute pleasure, Mark. And we will thank you all for joining us and we will see you all again next week.